welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here, and I'm very excited about this week's topics and guests. We're going to talk about beautiful things like sacred dance and yogini traditions and everything that is connected with the divine feminine and I have Tenley Wallace as my guest and she has for the past 20 years developed a multi-layered system for awakening for women focused on dance yoga fitness and embodiment practices to awaken the body spirit heart and mind and she does that by fusing different dance uh, styles and sacred dance lineages and ha- truly supporting women to embody their true nature. And she has had amazing opportunities, worked and danced with amazing teachers and with yoga legends, and she has a deep passion for ancient lineages of the sacred feminine from India and Tibet. And she's working domestically and also internationally. And she now has a lot of classes online as well. And I was actually on a four week program with her for Indian classical dance called Odissi. It was so beautiful, so empowering. And I can truly recommend to check her out if you are interested in the physical embodiment of your divine feminine and working more with this energy in a more physical way as well as meditation and other practices that you might have. So... This week we will talk about the Yogini traditions, Odissi, uh, temple dance, the importance of having a community, Sangha. We also touch upon goddess Kali, which I love. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do, please leave a review uh, and rating on iTunes. It really helps me to spread the, the podcast to even more people. And together we can create this beautiful community. So enjoy this week's podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Tenley. Thank you. Honor and joy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I always start the podcast by asking, how do you stay mindful and present in your life? Hmm. Well, I have my morning is really my sacred time of the day, and it took me years, but I finally am waking up at an early hour so that I have space to do my morning practice. 
Um, I have a committed practice um, of the Buddhist tradition. And I also do my best to just have some space in the morning before I have to dive into work and face the world. I always make sure that I have, um, that I'm conscious when I turn the phone on so that I know that that's a big shift when the phone turns on. Um, those are a couple of my daily ways. Mm, that's beautiful. We connected a couple of months ago when we started your beautiful class, online class in Odyssey and temple dance and the foundations. And it was so beautiful and so empowering to connect like that. We were a group of women and I think people would love to know who you are and what you do to start with. So if you can share that with the listeners. Sure. Sure. So hmm, what I do is always a big question, a big answer, but I've streamlined it. If I can just create a short answer, hmm. I consider myself a midwife for women's transformation. Hmm. A little bit bigger answer would be via dance, yoga, meditation, a variety of empowerment practices and rooted on the sacred feminine traditions, uh, specifically the yogini traditions coming from both India and Tibet. Mm. So that's kind of my package answer. Um, but as you experienced, um, when I get to really share my passions and the and the treasures that I've been polishing for half of my life now. It's uh, it's a combination of ancient modalities, um, which I have studied in depth um, in ways that a lot of Westerners will one never find the door to, but also don't have the patience and the discipline for. And I have somehow found ways to translate those into a very passionate, colorful, sensual, extremely empowering and fast path for women's embodiment and awakening. And so as you got to experience, that includes the yogic foundation, um, dance in a variety of forms. I really love sharing about what I believe was an ancient temple tradition before what we know today of uh, Odissi Indian classical dance. So Odissi Indian classical dance is considered a granddaughter of an ancient temple dance lineage that once flourished and is no longer, but there are traces of it. And so part of um, my real interest research and study is that of that temple culture. And my theory is, which is what you um, got to experience, was my theory is the yogini was the first step before the temple dancer actually was, was able to do the temple dance. So it's the yogini temple dancer. And, and that can really, uh, any woman who is seeking how to turn on her body her mind, her energy, and create a real optimum synergy of those three primary aspects of ourself in connection with the whole universe. Um, in my experience, these modalities that come together with the Yogini Temple Dancer are really 
thorough and cohesive for um, a modern woman. Uh, we have really demanding lives. We have very full days and schedules and we need to have results quickly, um, especially considering the state of affairs on the planet right now and we don't have any end in sight. So um, that is, I believe part of why my work has just exploded in the last three months is women are experiencing um, a little taste going a long way and then they keep coming back. And it's, it's been just so wonderful to have women of all different walks of life, shapes, sizes, experiences come and connect in this way. So these ancient traditions in a modern context um, yoga dance embodiment. Mm, yeah, mm -hmm. that's so beautiful. Thank you. And <laughs> I think it was a, a really empowering uh, course online. And it, even though it is online, we, I mean, we work with energy and um, that is beyond space and time. So it, re it was really felt. And I loved you as a teacher as well. Mm. And I would definitely um recommend your classes to everyone and i'm also interested in because the i i'm thinking about the the word sacred dance because there's so many sacred practices and i think for me personally dance has been an amazing tool throughout my whole life um to to connect especially with my inner divine feminine. Maybe you can talk about like what is sacred dance for you and, and <clears throat> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I had to dig for it. Uh, I started an intense dance study in like mm, 1997 or 98 in San Francisco uh, California, and I just grabbed what stood out the most, which happened to be uh, belly dance with a woman named Carolina Noricchio, who started a format called Fat Chance Belly Dance. And it turns out her format is it caught wildfire and is all over the planet now. But anyway, um, so we would do these belly dance classes, uh, which then which they evolved into what's now called tribal belly dance, and. I felt, I was like, there is something really deep going on here. And every now and then Carolina would, would mention, oh, this is from Spain, or this is the Gawazi Gypsies, or she would give little hints, but it was not a history or a her story class. It was a dance class. And so there wasn't room to share any deeper than the movements. And that was really it. And in fact, I've told her over the years that she started it for me. Um, so I, that really set me on a quest. And eventually, uh, after years of being part of the creation pool of Tribal Belly Dance in San Francisco, um, and performing in all the hot spots that the tribal dancers were performing and all that, and I really knew early on, I was not a performer. I was not going to ever feel comfortable performing for entertainment. And yet I had never seen anything else. I didn't know that there would be anything else, but I was like, I've got to figure this out because 
clearly I'm meant to dance. Clearly people want me to dance, but I, I cannot perform. It's terrifying and doesn't feel right. So I started digging around and living in uh, the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, you literally can find a master of any kind of dance. And so I was able to find uh, Central Asian Persian classical dance. I was able to find Balinese temple dance. I was able to experience flamenco, which again felt really old and ancient. Um, and I've spent probably 10 years trying to find how can I study Indian dance? Um, and at that time, when I was looking, we really didn't have the internet, or even when we did, India didn't yet. So eventually, I did find a way to study Indian classical dance, the Odissi. And that was a big piece for me. So at that point, I'd studied many different kinds of sacred dances. And it just started weaving this awakening within me of this common thread through all these different traditional sacred dance forms. And the common thread is a woman's body and how we innately move and kind of um, the innate energy system that women have, which is Shakti. It's the creative feminine power based in our womb belly space. And so there's just moves and sensations that really are ancient that, uh, I mean, when you tap into that movement as a woman in these ancient dances that were designed for women by women, something clicks. And I feel like we get to really reach back into time from our current place. And so, yeah, my, there was, there was a turning point when I realized, oh, actually there is a lot more than just an entertainment performance dance, which there's nothing wrong with entertainment performance. I love it. Um, but I was seeking something that really connected me with the deeper parts of myself and the divine. And so fortunately, at this point, I've found a lot of those dances and that's been what my focus is for my personal practice and, and art. And then eventually people just kept asking me more and more and more, what are you doing? What are you doing? And so then that's what Temple Tribal Fusion has become. Mm. Mm. Wow. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. And I know that you um, really understand that. I can tell by how you do your how you walk, or I mean, how you speak, how you do your yoga. Mm. Um, it's kind of like you don't have to be a dancer to experience sacred dance or even, uh, you know, it's just any woman, any person really can do sacred dance. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I can tell that you – you've been you go there yeah you go to that space right definitely because it's <laughs> it's about it it's less about how it looks and it looks really beautiful but it's more about like the intention and i think it's beautiful that we always start the dance with a prayer because it sets the intention and and it it gives thanks to the earth mother earth and um it's, I think we are, 
many of us are longing for more connection to something greater and I think it's been hard for many because it's been so um it's been so focused on the paternal and the the masculine and and that's why there's also a big huge community in the world that is not even connecting to anything because it's it hasn't it hasn't been shown the different sides and the different types of of worship of of being connected to divine and also to the to the mother and the divine feminine so i think this is a great way and very empowering as well for all of us to connect with also our own inner divine feminine and i think th- that is actually one of the things i want to talk about because and that's something that is definitely a huge part of my life and with the dance it's kind of like embodying that energy and also taking the shapes and forms that we have been given that that are beautiful but that society don't really encourage like the curves for example if you look at the the um, like old statues of the goddess or if you also look at these feminine dances like traditionally it 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 was seen as beautiful to have curves and to show that that's a part of the the feminine body as well um so i'm i'm also curious about your path because you practice buddhism and buddhism it has i think like if we look at it from the outside it's it can also be seen as having very um masculine practices right oh yes yeah mm-hmm. and then you also have kali and the goddess how have you found your way into these practices mm-hmm. yes um i'm going to answer that and i feel like i want to just touch on to something that you said mm-hmm. um about the shape of the women's body yeah and um that is some and and the patriarchy and all of this it's we're really in a state of reclaiming what feminine is and oddly enough i have people come to me asking me why are you using the word feminine and power together isn't feminine weak mm. and i'm like oh my mm. come, come sit down let's talk let's let's talk let's move let's 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 take a little journey together so i i think that there has been and this is recently like this is in recent years that i have heard this more than once but doesn't feminine mean weak and so we are really in like a reset of what feminine is of owning all our different shapes and sizes of owning all the different ways that we move and different capacities and backgrounds and strengths and weaknesses um even in the classes that I'm teaching now and that you also got to be a part of the term devadasi um which is the overarching term that we use for temple dancers in India because of what happened at the end of that amazing thousands multi-thousand year system 
they had to go into prostitution because they were banned from the temples. And so for the last hundred years, the word Devadasi has been understood as a prostitute and like the lowest caste scum. Mm. And that's so far from the truth and it's so sad. And so part of, I feel what my work is about is reclaiming these ancient symbols, words, experiences, archetypes of the feminine and really giving them like what they are. And so um, in answer to your question about Kali and Buddhism, so with Buddhism, <clears throat> um, I actually had to step away for a couple years because I just could not, I couldn't find my way in such a strong patriarchal system. And um, one that's talking about oneness and unity and everyone's the same, but then they're always using the masculine as the example. Mm -hmm. And then they're almost always, almost always, 99% of the time, it's a masculine teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had to step away for a bit. And uh, I wasn't sure if I'd ever go back. And then uh, long serendipitous story, but... I was guided to go back when this particular teacher, a woman teacher was teaching a Dakini. So Dakini is the Yogini in the Tibetan tradition. And Dakini is essentially the cousin of Kali and her Yoginis. So we have Dakini and we have this whole incredible rich um, Dakini tradition, very much like Kali and the Yogini tradition. In fact, I, they are essentially parallel traditions. One, is rooted in the Indian realm and the other is rooted in the Tibetan realm. So anyway, I went to a nine day retreat with her and within the first day, I was like, oh, you're my teacher. I've been seeking for years. And I went up and told her and we, she, it clicked. I mean, it was obvious that we were both meant to, to be with each other. And She's all about Dakini. She's all about the fierce, wrathful feminine who is Buddha, but who is also a fierce warrior and is able to take on absolutely anything to transform it into ultimate wisdom. And so that is the Dakini tradition in Tibetan Buddhism. And she is, I, I'm going to guess she is the number one Western teacher on the planet for this particular Dakini tradition. And so she gets the same treatment and notoriety as the high male teachers. And because of her, she, I, I am back 100% in the Buddhist tradition. Um, but it took stepping away and have real just magic bring me back to her and this whole beautiful Dakini tradition that she shares. Um, so that's that tradition. And in my time away from Buddhism, I hope I don't get in trouble saying this, but I did deepen in the Yogini tradition, the Kali Yogini tradition, which I actually, my teacher of that side of my world and I also both agreed the K word, the Kali word, mm -hmm. the Kali name was something I never, ever say publicly until COVID came around. And I 
those first three weeks when we went into quarantine, I was waking up every morning abnormally, so activated, so filled with creative Shakti energy. It was like a birthday party. Every It was like waking up to my birthday party every day for three weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was getting downloaded every day with the stream of creative energy Shakti guidance. Like, okay, so this is what you're going to do today. This is what we're planning out. It was like the whole script was being given to me every day. And one of those things in the script was to start offering these weekly Kali Yuga conversations to really inform people what is Kali Yuga? Why is this time we're living in actually prophesized? Actually, it's been anticipated and expected. Actually, is playing out exactly as the prophecies and the various wisdom traditions of the planet have, have described. And actually, it's right on time. And so, um, you know, these are things we were not taught in our history book. We were not taught about Kali Yuga. We were not taught about prophecies. So I was guided to do a weekly Kali Yuga conversation to start really pulling back the veils on these, what are considered really basic principles and concepts in the Indian and Tibetan traditions um, so that there can be a little bit of sense to what seems completely out of control and senseless out there in the world right now. Um, so as my original Dakini teacher, Tultram Alayone, so she is the first person who actually brought me into the Dakini tradition. So we're talking the um, feminine, wrathful wisdom Buddhas of Tibetan Buddhism. So Tsultrama Leone many, many years ago brought me into that. And she's been teaching a lot now because she's also about the powerful Dakini. And she's calling this the time of the fierce feminine, which would be Kali and time Yuga. So she also coming from the Buddhist angle is also claiming that we are in this time of the fierce feminine. And when we talk about fierce feminine, we don't mean she's just haphazardly tearing and slaying and destroying. No. When you see a mama bear taking care of her children, that mama bear will get darn right fierce and sometimes lethal to protect her children from harm. And so what we see right now essentially is Mother Earth and all these other feminine energies being like, okay, kids, you are about to do completely destroy yourself. It's time for mama to get fierce. And so um, I, this is how I see what's going on. And I know it's a little, it's a little um, hard or maybe harsh for some people to take, but from a Buddhist perspective or from a Kali Yogini perspective, it's actually not, so many individual stories going on. It's kind of this one universal story going on and it doesn't make the deaths and the tragedies any easier, but it, if we look at the whole great arcs of time that pass through this universe, that pass on this planet, we can maybe start softening in to what is now and what will one day pass. And 
this is how we're going to take out the garbage to get to peaceful place. Like we have to take out the garbage if we're going to get to a clean reality on this planet. So anyway, that's, I don't know where we started, but that mm -hmm. is essentially, I think you asked me about Dakini and Kali yeah. or Buddhism and, and yoginis. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's a lot of what's going on mm -hmm. in my experience right now with the world. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And, and last week I also spoke with, with my dear friend Veronica on the podcast and we talked about Kali because Kali is, is her main um, goddess that she works with, but mm. that has become so, um, so much more stronger now, even for me who, who haven't up until now brought that consciousness. I think what, uh, to be honest, I think that the, um, that side of the goddess is usually suppressed within us. We, we, if women tend to feel very guilty, in my experience, um, if we embody that fierce, fierce goddess that does not take any crap from anyone. And I think mm -hmm. now it, it's it's really embodied in the world and and there in the like the energy that we've had it's it has been important that there's a there's a very strict and and strong energy coming in uh, to make the change happen because it's it's been extreme in one way so we have to have that um force come in and but how would you say that because I think what I've seen from the feedback also from the listeners and, and on Instagram is that uh, Kali has been very strong for them as well. How would you suggest to, to start practicing and, and finding that connection to this, um, this energy? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I feel like what you just said about a lot of women feeling like we're not allowed to show anger, we're not allowed to, uh, like we're expected to look composed and beautiful and our hair's in place and our hands are clean and, um, you know, all those things, that is really part of um, what I was talking about with the feminine meaning weak and reclaiming the term Devadasi and basically uh, reclaiming what the truth of the feminine is. And in the Indian system, the Yogini Kali system, the feminine energy, uh, the Sanskrit term is Shakti. And it is seen that there are three forms of Shakti. There's the creative form, there is the preserving form. So we basically have birth, then we have life, and then we have the transformational form, destroyer, death. So we have these three faces of Shakti that every single thing in the universe abides to. And <clears throat> so that creative energy, just like two sides of a coin, is so that creative feminine 
like, oh, yum, let me make you a nice meal, sit down and be nurtured, is the same as, oh, no, you don't. You're not getting away with that. I am stomping that beneath my feet and slaying that out of the way, destroying that illusion. So that feminine, I, I really feel that in our lifetime, Shireen, we are going to see this shift of women learning how to have their full feminine expression and experience of who they are. And so in answer to your question, and first of all, so yeah, that takes practice. It takes, um, first of all, taking time to be with self, but also this is when the term Sangha, sacred community, Sangha is um, an essential part on the path of growth, transformation, spiritual development, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it really is important to find that spirit or that community of like-minded, like-hearted people so that we can explore, which often is really vulnerable, precarious, we're hitting our edges, and we need to feel safe in doing that. And then we also need a teacher who we really trust. So just like the Sangha, we need to really trust the Sangha, but we also need a teacher who has been there before us, whatever there is, who actually has a connection with lineage, teachings that have been tried and true. The teacher has a really good reputation. Um, you know, so those, I would say, just like in Buddhism, the triple gem is the Buddha, the teacher, the Dharma, the path and the teachings, and the Sangha, the sacred community. And those three things are e essential if we want to really grow out of the box that we are currently in. Um, so to answer your question in regards to the fierce feminine, I would say those, you know, practicing, learning, embodying, expanding into, I would say those three things are at the foundation. And for my own experience, when I didn't have a Sangha and I didn't have a teacher, but I knew Kali was in me. I mean, I, I don't even to this day know where I first met Kali. I mean, I went to India many times, but she was, she was just in me. And so I feel like, I mean, honestly, I had to put Kali down because and this is the this is the caution label I will give. Don't just go out there and use a Kali mantra. Mm -hmm. And if someone is if someone is giving you a Kali mantra, they really don't know what they're doing unless they are an authorized teacher of the Kali lineage. Mm -hmm. Do not just go take on a Hream Shreem Cream and start playing around with that. That's like grabbing. That's like going up to a, an electrical line, cutting the electrical line yourself, and then playing around with this open live wire. <laughs> you just wouldn't do that because you'll burn yourself. You'll, you're going to blow something up. And that's how powerful Kali's energy is. Um, the Dakini energy as well. So if someone really wants to know how to meet the fierce 
these fierce goddesses, I mean, one, contact me. That's totally fine. That's what the heart of Temple Tribal Fusion is. And either A, you know, I have a variety of super simple um, entry level things. I have students that I'm leading in uh, more complex, uh, higher level disciplines. Um, maybe I have someone to refer to. Um, I, I don't personally know anyone other than my yogini teacher who is authorized. Um, even though I've seen there's other people out there teaching Kali stuff, I don't know much about that. But I would say to start with, really just go inside. If that means sitting at a candle at night in the dark, because the darkness, the emptiness is Ma, is Kali. That is her. That's why she's black. She is the night sky. She is all of the void and emptiness and everything in the universe within that. Um, go hiking outside and, and really tune into that quiet and that inner realm and literally pray and ask. And if it is in alignment, eventually these things will come, you know, if it's coming from sincerity. Now, I would not suggest starting to make up some Kali rituals and burning stuff and putting her yantras out and saying her mantras. That is going to draw, in my experience and from what I've heard from my teachers, that is not the best way to go about it. That could draw things that are not authentic and clean. Mm -hmm. um, now, some people may, may not believe me. That's fine. Um, I can tell you from experience, my life was a mess. And my teacher was like, well, clearly you have Kali energy, but you just haven't been shown how to meet her in a good way and transform that destructive energy into, you know, creative constructive energy. And so I did years of training, still am with her. And now Kali is my back. She will hold, you know, she will hold you, hold me through anything. But when we are actually calling in these energies, these archetypes, these God goddesses, it's like any relationship, especially these super powerful ones. It's not just a, a, an instant thing. It's literally a continuous offering that we make. And this is why we do spiritual discipline because it's those practices that we do over and over are like knocking on the door knocking on the yogini's door, knocking on Kali's door. Hi, I'm sincere. I'm here. Will you open for me? Here's offerings. Here's my presence. Here's my practice. Here's my stillness. It's, it's a creating that relationship just like you would, uh, you know, you'd make offerings, you'd be kind, you'd be consistent, you'd be sincere. Um, and these, these things create magic and, a teacher or a way, I believe, will show. Now, we don't know when, how long, how short, but um, that's my suggestion in regards to meeting these goddesses, these fierce goddesses. Um, mm. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a long answer, but they do need to be taken with caution. Yeah. In fact, you said something, um, something about them being misunderstood and... Yeah, the powerful feminine has been misunderstood 
for what? Since the patriarchy started dominating? A few thousand years, maybe? I mean, even in Europe and the USA, how many women were killed that were claimed to be witches? Now, in my world, witch is a compliment. In my world, witch means a wise woman who is deeply connected with the earth and the universe. A lot of times those women were the medicine herbologists and all that. Um, but the same thing goes even today. I've learned the hard way when I go to India, don't talk to anyone about yoginis. Definitely do not say the Kali word because it's still misunderstood that those are sorcery, black magic. Um, so anyway, these the, the fierce feminine today in many places, most places around the world is still really misunderstood. So there we are. We're reclaiming again um, the feminine in her right place. Mm. Yeah, that's. I love everything you said, and I agree. And yeah, thank you for sharing that, and also giving some tips and advice on how to start. Because I think definitely it's it's a lineage, and I mean. I didn't start doing yoga just with myself. It's it's like a practice, and and uh, it's uh, it's always transferred through a teacher because there's mm -hmm. there's always wisdom behind it. It's not just what we can see. It's something deeper than that. So that's really important uh, when you have a teacher. And yeah, I think everything we talked about is so inspirational there's so much more to talk about but i'm also wondering if you have anything that you want to share now re in regards to your classes and what you're offering right now mm -hmm. yeah well yeah thank you um so covid those last three months <clears throat> kind of went right into the heart of my passions and what I've been wanting to share, but I just didn't feel people were ready for. And now since people are like this time of fierceness and the fierce feminine, people have been ready for it. So it's been really exciting to um, have more of that presence in my offerings. And so, yeah, we've just, we're, we're about to come to, a pause. So I've been teaching straight through multiple classes, multiple series for three months now. And the beautiful thing about uh, us all being in lockdown is that everything's been online and everything's been recorded. So the beautiful thing now is we have this extensive curriculum, everything from just dance classes to just yoga classes to a whole combination with the Ogini Temple Dancer courses. Um, my temple arts immersion, which is going on right now. And then, um, so all of these are available and will be available. Um, so people can enjoy them at any time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that I'm really excited about. Um, and then that's uh, available, you know, at my website, which I can give you links to. Um, but the in regards to this fierce feminine and the Dakinis, uh, in January, I offered the, for the very first time. So I've been offering these. My, my biggest offering is called a temple arts immersion. And 
they've started as 10 weeks. Um, I've done eight weeks. Then in January, I did a brand new one, which was six weeks. And that one was specifically on the yoginis from Tibet, the dancing yoginis from Tibet called Dakinis. And so that's kind of where the work all began that led into what is happening, uh, what's been happening with the COVID. And since there's been such uh, a demand to really learn practices, experience for ourselves, what is this fierce feminine? Um, there's been requests to have me run that program again, the six week, it's called Sky Dancing. Um, and that is about the Dakinis, the, the dancing yoginis from Tibet. And so I will run that. I'm, I'm hoping to run that in late July, starting late July for six weeks. Um, it will depend on how many people register and reach out to me. So that I'm really excited to run. And that will be um, an in-depth, interactive dance, yoga, a variety of meditation, breath, empowerment practices. It's just a full, complete reality upgrade. Um, so that is what's coming next, which is very exciting. Lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And I will link to your website and Facebook and everything um, in the show notes as well. So everyone can find you and yeah, reach out to you. So Great. I want to thank you so much for your time here and for sharing your wisdom. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you. I'm just, I just feel like we really have been brought together for not just a moment, but for hopefully a, a long journey ahead of us. I, I really, from the moment I heard you and saw you, I was like, wow, this woman is a sister. So oh, yeah, I, I thank you. honestly I feel speaking. the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. I was very drawn to you as well. So there's definitely a reason and this is not the first time we've met. Thank you so much for being here this week. I'm so happy that you've taken your time to listen and I hope that this can help you on your spiritual path and if you feel like um, the topics we talked about resonates, you can click the website link in the show notes to visit Tenley and read more about her and her work and her offerings as well. It's truly beautiful to combine yoga and meditation with sacred dancing. It's, it's like opening up your heart and all of your energy centers actually and it's really empowering to be in your body so deeply and authentically. So let's take a deep breath in through the nose and exhale out through the mouth. Namaste.